The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your hands. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Rotten to the Core Wednesday. We're going to get over to Lynn Taylor in just a moment. But before we do that, if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Go to sonsoflibertyradio.com or sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. Scroll down on the right side of the page if you want to join us on the video portion of the radio show. That's right. You can see the face is made for radio. Just right there on the right side of the page. Click on that. Enlarge it. Then click on the icon here to join us in the chat. Lots of friends in there this morning. Good morning to all you guys. I'll answer a couple of questions before we get to, before we get to land in just a moment. Uh, right above that is where Bradley's show is from yesterday. He comes on live at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. But you can watch the show from yesterday up until that time. If you want to catch it, you can catch it uh, after that <clears throat> on Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. Okay, 
Rumble, our channel is Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Change the search to from videos to channel. Put that in, you'll find it. We're also streaming on Rumble. We're streaming on beforeitsnews.com, top of the page, and dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, as well as Twitch at News Tycoon, so you can catch us over there. And uh, we're also on Cutting Edge TV on Roku. Right above where those are, you can enter your email for to subscribe to our newsletter. Um, do that. You can keep up with all the articles we have. We don't rent, spam, or sell your email to anybody. You get one email from us a day, including the Morning Show Archive. All the information that we're going to talk about today will be in there. And then if you would like to help us, if you agree with our message, we don't ask you for money. We just tell you, look, it costs money to do everything that we do. From the radio to the tele- television, <laughs> radio to internet, uh, to being out there with the people, it costs money. It really does. So if you're able to help, and for those of you who are helping and supporting us, we thank you for that, really. We, we can't do what we do if there's no support to do it. So we appreciate your trust. We appreciate uh, you partnering with us. There's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Make a one-time donation. Or you can become a son or daughter of Liberty, which are our monthly partners. You can do that as well. Our store is also open. This week we're highlighting the You Can Run Winter Caps. Again, boy, you want something that keeps your head warm. This is not like something you're going to go pick up at Walmart. I'm, I'm telling you. It's high quality. It's thick. And, uh, yeah, for those of us down south, we call it toboggans. I know you guys found that hilarious yesterday. We call it a toboggan. The people up north call it a cap (laughs) or a stocking. A stocking. Stocking something ladies wear on their legs, aren't they? Anyway, uh, the the language is (laughs) different. It's kind of funny to me. Anyway, you can get one of these this week at uh, uh, 20% off when you use the promo code FALL20, F-A-L-L, the number 20, all one word in our store when you put this in your cart. Uh, get as many of them as you want. You get 20% off of them, fall 20. Uh, be sure to check that out. Let me answer a couple of questions. Uh, somebody had asked uh, where God says not to invade my body with this vaccine. Well, God doesn't, God hasn't spoken about that specifically today, but he did speak about things concerning our bodies. He did con- speak about things concerning foods. He did speak about our blood. He did speak about the fact that he's given us, at, at that time, uh, when Peter wrote in the first century, he's given us all things for life and godliness. And he said that then. So why do we need a vaccine? And it isn't even a vaccine, by the way. It's a medical device. It doesn't even meet the, the medical definition for um, a vaccine. It is a medical device. It does meet that definition. And so the Bible tells us that the life of the flesh is in our blood. Moses wrote that. Uh, 1,500 years before Christ, we know that we're taught not to mix in seeds and in cloth and other things like this. We know these things change and alter our DNA, some directly, like the Johnson & Johnson shot, some indirectly through the mRNA shots like uh, Pfizer and Moderna. In fact, they say that themselves, that they do that. Okay, So did God make a problem with your body that you need to mix their poisons. And by the way, Revelation 18.23, and again, I believe Revelation is a book, John's Olivet Discourse. That's my that's my view of that. And I believe that was for first century. And yet, Revelation 18.23 says they were deceived by their sorceries or their pharmakia, their drugs. Okay? And in this society, we've changed drugs to put it mostly on plants that God has, has made on the in the creation and we call it medicine when it's synthetic made by big pharma companies who are all about making money 
so I don't know if that answers your question, but the principle is there because I don't know if they had vaccines back then. But, but we have had Stephen Hallbrook on, and what I'll do is in the archive later this morning, uh, just for you, I will I will put the interview I did with Stephen Hallbrook, and Stephen Hallbrook will take you back through the pagan origins of vaccines. They're not something that's due to modern medicine. This stuff was due to pagan cultures. And in that, uh, the, the people would take it as a sign of some kind of allegiance, a submission to the god of that culture, uh, that that god was going to protect them. So, yeah, there's a history on that as well. So I, I hope that's helpful. Um, I hope it's helpful. Uh, by the way, uh, Bethany, you guys say you're out of power. I was taking a shower this morning. I heard tremendous thunderclaps. <laughs> Didn't know if I wanted to get in the shower or not. But, uh, yeah, we've, we've got that going on here. And so if we lose power, I do have everything on a UPC system, but or UPS system, but you're going to hear a lot of screaming because <laughs> this thing makes a lot of noise when the power gets cut to it. In any case, this is Rotten to the Core Wednesday, and uh, so we're kind of off of vaccines and, and stuff of that nature, and we're talking about invasions and usurpations by government concerning education. And last week we talked about this infrastructure bill. And if you remember, you know, we've been hearing about infrastructure since the usurper Barack Hussein Obama Satora Sabarka, right? We've been hearing about infrastructure and he didn't do anything about it. Donald Trump didn't do anything about it. And now we've got Joe Biden, you know, they're pushing this uh, and, and the Congress pushing an infrastructure bill that seems to have more to do with pe controlling the people than it does providing infrastructure. So with that said, I'm going to bring on the Common Core uh, diva Lynn Taylor, and Lynn is going to Lynn is going to really appreciate that because you know I got a I got a, a little intro here for for Kate, and I had one for you know we did the one I Dream of Jeannie for when Anna's on, and so I I thought this is very appropriate to bring uh, Lynn on. She's our Common Core diva, and uh, good morning, Lynn. We're going to play this just for you. Okay. <laughs> So, Lynn, do we need education? We don't need no. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought oh, you. I hilarious. thought you would like that. I thought you would like that. That because that kind of goes along because that song. Uh, and I got to go back to my other screen because my song. Oh my goodness, that is that, that is so funny. That oh song is really based off of <laughs> communism. Yeah, and it being is. behind being behind the wall and the whole education yeah. and the picture that comes there is really a, a picture of communism. And most people don't know that, right. but you can go back and you can read what they what uh, you know Pink Floyd, and I'm not pr trying to promote Pink Floyd, but you can see what they were pointing right. out about communism. I think it was spot on. Right. Well, absolutely. But, you know, that's the nice thing was they were able to use their uh, influence to give you something catchy, but that drove home the point, this is not where we need to go. Right. A couple of things I want to point out before we get into looking at the rest of this infrastructure bill. Mainstream media is only harping on the one issue, and that is a per mile gas tax that's going to be implemented on everyone, no matter where they go. And, you know, we said last week, well, if you want to know how that works, just go to Britain because, or talk to a British person because that's been in place for years. And it was to discourage single use uh, vehicle uh, 
trips and that sort of thing. People still have to get to work. So anyway, just wanted to point that out. Secondly, we just passed Labor Day. And I tried very hard not to pay attention to mainstream media or social media when I have to and all those sorts of things. But it was really interesting because the further we got into the Labor Day weekend, Tim, the more I saw people go, well, if you've got a job, you know, thank you, union. Well, if you enjoy this holiday off, you know, thank you, union, because it was this person, that person, the other person who made sure that the little person in their job was honored and provided for and all this other kind of stuff. And then I happened to see, oh, how great of a person Mrs. Perkins, as in the Perkins funding for the career tech education, the STEM, the science, the technology, engineering and math and all this workforce-based education, uh, how great she was. Now, you know, if you go on my blog, commoncoredeva.com and you type in Perkins funding, you'll see article after article. And I even did one on Mrs. Perkins. And it was not for good purposes that she did it. It was for the the kind of like the under the table uh, message in the song that you just played. That's where she was going with this particular funding. But I wanted to point out, you know, people were talking about how great the unions are and, and all this other kind of stuff. People, it's the unions who are ruining this nation and have been for years. Come on. It was unions under President Obama who used Vice President Biden to continue to align education to workforce needs. It is the unions who are going to benefit by leaps and bounds in this infrastructure structure bill. So no, I will not thank a union for my job. I will not thank a union for Labor Day because you know what? It's God that gives a job. It is God who provides. It is not our friggin' government. That's right. Well, you know, I I added a article to the Mm -hmm. show. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before I made mention of it. I don't know how many of you guys out there listening got to read the article, but it's really pointing out that Labor Day uh, is a socialist holiday. It's not. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with Christ. It has nothing to do really with America. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the Bible. The Bible's very clear. You work six days. This is the the four, uh, fifth commandment, or excuse me, the fourth commandment. You work six days and you rest one. Why? Because God did the same thing when He created the heavens and the earth in six days, and He rested the seventh, and He He blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And so we're to follow that pattern. You know, our our Puritan. Uh, forefathers did that when they came here to to the states what what mm-hmm. what what became the states to to the americas uh, they did the same thing they would not follow any of the how shall we say this the popish holidays christmas easter all this other kind of thing they wouldn't do that they specifically did what the bible said and nothing else and they adhered to that they they had a good work ethic which by the way most people think the american dream is a house and two cars in the garage that wasn't how the puritans defined the american dream they defined it mm-hmm. as the ability to work for the glory of god to have a culture mm-hmm. that glorified god in all its aspects whether it was in the home the church or the civil government and all of it was based totally and completely upon the bible did some people go a little weird with things? Yeah, they, people always do. But the general structure of that, of the American dream, was to be able to do what you do, to live your life for the glory of God. That was the American dream. Right. 
Right. Absolutely. Well, where we were last week, let me uh, go back over the biggest targets, because remember, this is H.R. 3684. It's already passed the House, already passed the Senate. It has not been signed into law by Biden, but it's going to at some point very soon. So your biggest targets are going to be your Native Americans, tribal education, higher education institutes, and that's going to be public, private, or even our trade schools. Local education agencies, which we know under Every Student Succeeds Act, could be any service or program that could be any way tied to education. Local communities will also be uh, considered an education partner. And we know from Every Student Succeeds Act that part of the way that states and communities could be penalized is if they were not involved in having Johnny and Susie be able to succeed in education. But it was through the government's eyes of success, not our personal choice of success. Um, This particular bill, as we know, will expand our federal government as well as the footprint of fascism. It will increase the federal strings to your state and local via all kinds of grants. It's going to skew your local tax bases, which we'll talk about today. And it will subject um, us as citizens to the open propaganda for government compliance. Now, that's what those are the biggest targets of H.R. 3684. What I did not get to last week that I wanted to, Tim, before we get into today is that higher education repeatedly is used in this particular infrastructure bill as a widget for not only your economic development, but to usher in these sustainable development goals. And it will use uh, a straitjacket approach to your local community to enforce all this. And you can find these particular page numbers if you're taking notes. Um, You'll find these on 1080 to 1095, page 1105, 1128, 1134, and 1154 and 1157, 1178 and 1179, and lastly, 1184. These will all show you how higher education, as well as jobs and unions, will be using secondary or post-secondary education to get back down into secondary education and primary education to create this cradle-to-grave system. Okay. All right. Now, as if we weren't facing enough propaganda over the years, you're saying we got more coming in this in this bill here, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let me add that twelve forty pages, twelve forty six, fourteen twenty, fourteen fifty eight, fourteen sixty, and fourteen sixty eight. Uh, these will these will absolutely use nothing but higher education as a tool against us in our local communities. So if you're taking notes, you know, go back, rewind, get those page numbers. Uh, Tim has the bill uh, uploaded. I believe it is on Scribd. Uh, You can look through it. And I just wanted to point out, depending on what PDF reader you use, these page numbers will either be precise or, or right around where you need to be looking. Yeah, and we're going to take a look at that in just a little bit, and it'll be up in the archive. So people, you don't even have to go to Scribd, go to sonslibertymedia.com, jump on there, and it'll be there. You can scroll through, and I'm going to go ahead and include all the page numbers that you've talked about here because Lynn Lynn gives me, just to let you know, a lot of our our archive for – 
uh, the for the Sons of Liberty on Rotten to the Core Wednesday, the majority of that is Lynn. She's put all that together. So I copy it and I say, this is by Lynn. And she puts together all these page numbers so you can go look at them yourself. So what we're going to do is we'll have the document there and we'll have all this information where she's pointing all this stuff later in the archive. So don't worry about having to try to jot down everything now. You can just pick it up later. It'll all be right. done for you there. So you'll be good to go. Absolutely. Okay. Well, with that said, we're going to start off with subtitle D today, Tim. That's on page 1700. And this is going to be for schools and nonprofits. Now, the main key to all of this will be what we've called grants. And Tim, if you want to remind folks what we have defined grants as through the federal government's own language. I don't remember what we defined it as, but it's basically giving <laughs> our money away to people who don't need it or who are not deserving yeah. of it. And we never authorize Congress to do anything with our money except what's in Article 1, and that's it, in grants and energy right. efficient improvements and renewable energy improvements at public school facilities is not part of that because they're not supposed to be involved in education in the first place. Right. Well, grant is a glorified loan that in one way or another will be paid back either through some sort of uh, taxation scheme or through a pound of flesh for indentured servitude. Well, let me so ask you something, Lynn. I mm-hmm. mean, it, sometimes they give grants and they're not paid back. I know. Sometimes they do that and it's not paid back. It's supposed to be. But I'm finding more and more the grants that are given, they're not being paid back. They're just giving money away to people. Yep. Yep. That's right. And it's what is it's skewing the economy. And what happens is that when it's not paid back, well, guess what? The go to solution is more taxation without representation. Of course. Yeah, exactly. So that's where that's coming in. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to it'll come back and bite us. It always will, because it's the federal government doing what it has no constitutional right to do. Okay. Now, in this particular section, Tim, we're going to see grants for public schools for energy efficiency and renewable energy. In other words, we're going to green up our schools. And while I don't argue that, you know, we need to be more energy efficient, again, this is not about an American system. This is about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Now, if you look at... Line 16 on page 1700, I want folks to see this uses the local education agencies, but it also tells you as defined by what? The Elementary and Secondary Education Act or the Every Student Succeeds Act. Now, let me point out one thing. I've seen this repeatedly in legislation. They're not even recognizing that the Every Student Succeeds Act is the Elementary and Secondary Education Act as it was reauthorized. They will continually go back and say the Elementary and Secondary Education Act. And you want to know why? Because in the Every Student Succeeds Act, it codified one more time, not only the Elementary and Secondary Education Act of 1965, but the horrendous No Child Left Behind that was ushered in under Bush, as well as every initiative that Obama wanted got codified into the Every Student Succeeds Act. Okay. 
So I just wanted to point that out. So by default, we're now bringing in not only in the infrastructure, we're not only bringing in everything that was wrong with education, we're saying, hey, it's okay to bring it in. All right, on page 1702, you're going to see this repeated. And then on page 1703 of this section, you will see how all this, the schools and the nonprofits, which do include public-private partnerships, by the way, Tim, so there's fascism again, will partner with the local education agencies, okay? Now, you'll also see uh, the National Center for Educational Statistics, that's on page 1705, and what that is is That is the data mining arm for the U.S. Department of Education, which, by the way, does collect data on every type of education, including homeschooling. Yeah, see, see, folks, this is this is the thing that that why we bring Lynn on and why it's so important. I mean, I'm seeing this National School Lunch Act. You know, nobody, Lynn, would think anything about, Okay, well, kids need to eat. You know, they're going to school. Well, wait a minute. Everybody's paying into that. Mm-hmm. The people are paying into that. Well, how? Let me ask people just for a moment to think. How do? How is it a just thing that you, if you don't have children, or if your children are grown up, how is it just? How is it right? How is it moral for you to be taxed to feed other people's kids? or to educate other people or indoctrinate other people's kids through the state. How moral is that? You, if you say you have a moral high ground, how is that? That that doesn't seem right to me. I know in our in our case we're taxed to pay for other kids indoctrination while we then go and and buy, you know, we spend whatever Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, $800, $1,200 a year, whatever the case may be for our own kids as far as books and and other things like that to educate them. How how do how does that make sense? How is that biblically based for you Christians out there who want to justify the public schools? How how is that? Well, you know, it's not. But here's the thing: you got like you just said, you know, because we're in this we're in the same boat. For years, we paid into a system we were never using, but that was what we were supposed to do. And, you know, we were trying to be good citizens. But here's the thing. Then you'll get a lot of parents going, well, because I have to fund my own kid's education, as in homeschooling, I need to have a tax credit. No, you don't, because the tax credits, like the vouchers and the education savings accounts, are a ploy to data track and undermine your child's education and to somehow get them under the government thumb. And the reason I know this is because I've seen it happen in several states, but North Carolina, where I happen to live, has gone and been extra wicked because they call it the North Carolina common follow-up system, which means any time you have entered your child into any form of the public education system, be it in lower education or higher education, they are assigned a unique data tracking number that tracks that education all the way to where they work. And it then follows them for how long they work. So do not tell me homeschoolers are exempt from this because they're not, but we're getting off track here. Okay. Yep, sorry. On page on page 1706 of this, you're going to see how the local education agencies need to work with the historical societies and the districts in your community to raise money for school improvements and construction. 
So wait a minute. Didn't it just say a couple of pages ago you were going to be getting grants for this kind of thing? No, the grants are just for the energy. If the school has to be reconstructed or improved in any way, that is on your community. And it is it is absolutely skewing everything because what it's going to do is create a, a need for more bonds to be thrown in on your ballot. And a bond is nothing but deferred taxation, which you and I have been through meticulously to help educate our listeners. Yeah, that's exactly right. And on top of that, I want people to remember this is an infrastructure bill. This is an infrastructure bill. This is what this is part of what's in the infrastructure bill. For the for the other part of it, you need to go back to the last week when we covered that. I'll have that link in the in the archive. But this is an infrastructure bill. Now, you know, Lynn, Obama talked mm-hmm. about infrastructure, did nothing about it for eight years. Trump talked about infrastructure, did nothing about it. It except his little bit that he did on reconstructing a wall and a, a few miles of new wall. Now we've got this. This is an, infra, an actual infrastructure bill, if you will. Mm-hmm. And how much is really being, we're talking about this stuff here. How much is actually given to actual infrastructure? Do you have any clue on that? Uh, we will get to that okay. because it's all going to fall under the, the department of transportation. But let me, let me point out one thing. Okay. By and large, we think Obama did nothing. By and large, we think Trump did nothing. They absolutely laid the foundation and built the first story. Biden's is just the second story. Believe it or not, there will be a third. And it's that third that we've got to to really be fighting now because, you know, we've already let the foundation happen. We've already let the first story. We're about to see the second story. Because, again, we the people were never contacted on any of this. We the people were never given an opportunity to say, yes, this is what I want. No, this is not what I want. And you want to know why? Because it was the public-private partnerships, which include corporations and unions, that put this bloody thing together, got the the, uh, House of Representatives to back it, got the senators to back it. And now, of course, we know the um, union puppet will sign this. So they have been doing things. It's just not for we, the people. Okay. All right. Thank you for clarifying that. When I say they didn't do anything, I meant as far as actual, actual infrastructure, you're talking about, they laid a foundation. That's one thing, but as far as actual infrastructure, yeah, they really didn't do anything. They're laying foundations for basically their fascism to take over and they're building upon that. Right. Well, supposedly, if you'll remember that, that uh, what was it, the, uh, the shovel-ready stuff, that was supposed to be part of uh, infrastructure, but we see how far that went. <laughs> okay, the last thing to close out this particular section is on page 1707. You're going to see that continuing education curriculum will de- be developed. Again, not locally. This will be federally. Okay. So I just wanted to point that out. And again, folks, 10th Amendment is very clear that whatever we didn't give authority to, to the federal government to do, they don't have any authority. So if they're doing it, they're usurping that authority. This issue of education, schools, um, any of that stuff to deal with education at all is off limits to them. They're acting criminally. Let's call it for what it is. It is a crime against the people and our children. Anybody supporting anything dealing at a federal level with education 
is a criminal. That's what they are. They're violating the law of the land, the Constitution, the one they swore to uphold. Okay? They're, they're violating that. That Education is the jurisdiction of the home. We talked about this a little bit on Monday, I think it was. So, sorry, I just wanted to input that because no, it is criminal. Good. Absolutely it is. Okay, now the next section that you really want to focus on, okay, is going to be uh, page 1965 to 2000. If you're concerned about your your drinking water and uh, your your city water and your utilities, uh, this is going to be where you really, really need to be looking because this is part of the infrastructure, Tim, but it's going to be messing with who controls the water. So we need to be concerned about that because they're going to use schools as a justification to become what's called a community anchor institute for these kind of utilities. Okay. Woven into this, which has nothing to do with water, but utilities will be the digital equity act, or uh, it's known in here uh, uh, as title three, that is going to begin on page 2073. So in other words, what they've done is they've got this omnibus bill, And in this particular one, they have this particular section, but then they came in on this Digital Equity Act and created a law within a law. So wonder how that works. (laughs) Yeah, that's just. uh. Yeah, yeah. But let me give you some of the highlights of this particular section, because that's a big section. Okay, precursor to this particular uh, section I told you, which was 1965 to page 2000. We have on page 1913 that local education agencies will work with the local water or your public systems, which serve schools and child care services and will include nonprofits under the National Environmental Act. So this is going to be mainly for um uh, education is going to put a lot of this under the jurisdiction of the Secretary of Education, which, again, we know is not very good. Page 1965, you will see that there will be an increased recruitment of water and utility workforce education courses, classes, and workers. Okay, page 1966, you will see the Department of Education as part of the working group, which will also include the Department of Labor, the Department of Agriculture, the Veterans Affairs. You will see that page 1976, higher education will be deemed a stormwater research facility. And while that doesn't sound so ominous, you need to look again Go back and think, Okay, the higher education institutions are being used as tools for what? Sustainable development goals, which do include who controls the water. Okay, now on page 1977, Centers of Excellence for Stormwater Control and Infrastructure will be created. This will use higher education and public-private partnerships as partners in this particular uh, center of excellence. And as we pointed out last week, Tim, these centers of excellence are creating regionalism, which we know is also from the United Nations. But what it's doing is it's setting up more federal government because there will be a national center for whatever your topic is. And we went over that last week, but it'll also create regional centers for whatever it is. This particular case, it'll be stormwater. I think last week we pointed out how it will be a center of excellence for energy or other into uh, other topics as well. So that is repeated through this. Okay. And then on page 1999, if you would go there, I want folks to see this. Okay. 
This is where this HR 3684 is creating what's called community-based anchor institutes, which include your schools and your public libraries. It'll also include your healthcare facilities in your community, any public safety entity, your higher education. It will include your public housing and create a support system for equal access to any type of broadband or internet service, especially for low income and unemployed or your senior citizens. All right. This also will include nonprofits and will tie to that Digital Equity Act that I told you began on 2073. Now, the thing about this particular section, Tim, is this one more time has the state's saying, okay, I want in on that grant money and I have to come up with a state plan for how I can turn my my school into a community anchor center for not education, but for internet access for my local community. Okay. I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm sitting here looking at this mm-hmm. and seeing this whole community anchor institution thing. Um, this smacks of the stuff that Obama was doing with his, you know, community organizing and then taking, <clears throat> for instance, Obamacare, <clears throat> excuse me, I got something in my throat, mm-hmm. and using that stuff and then going and creating these nonprofits or these private uh, institutions, organizations to kind of carry that out. This kind of seems very similar to the same thing, only it's using existing um infrastructure that's there right and what it's doing is it's creating that school is the community hub and we know that that was woven into the every student succeeds act we also know that um years before the every student succeeds act that you had um education research warriors like charlotte Izzardbeat and anita hogue tell us this was what was coming down the pike that the school would be the community hub where you went and you got every service available. So it was turning the school into like a a mini mall of government services. And that's precisely what this is doing. And under this Digital Equity Act section, you're going to see how higher education and local education agencies will use post-secondary vocational institutes and target rural communities so they can get in on this particular access. Well, isn't that nice? I, I guess that we kind of set ourselves up for that. What was in the eighties or so mm-hmm. we started letting businesses come into the schools and support the sports, uh, you know, yeah. agenda that they had, or we, we mm-hmm. allowed them to bring in the drink machines or other things like that, where at first parents were really against that kind of thing. And yep. we started letting them do that. And then now they're starting to pay for computers and they're paying for, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of other things, buildings mm-hmm. and other things of this nature. So we've kind of done it to ourselves by le- opening the door to these, uh, you know, public companies, if you will, uh, to come in and to basically, what's the word I'm trying to, I don't want to say advertise. That's not really what I'm trying to get at, but it's similar to advertising with our kids. And then as Propaganda. a result of, huh? It's propaganda. Yeah, it's a propaganda tool that they're mm-hmm. using, but it's it's ultimately so that they can get some control so that they can make these these children of ours, mm-hmm. they can turn them into little consumers. 
Absolutely. But it's not a consumer of free choice. It's a consumer of every government service that you could possibly think of. Okay, on page 2080, we see that workforce development programs and the sense of Congress. Anyway, there is no sense in Congress. (laughs) Okay, on page 2082. That is going to be part of this particular digital equity. I just wanted to point out real quick, Tim, the U.S. Department of Education is included, as well as the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Housing and Urban Development, Labor, Health and Human Services, your Veterans Administration, your Department of Interior, the FCC, the FTC, the Small Business Association, and the um, Appalachian uh, Authority, I believe it is. Yeah, the regional well commission, as, as well yeah. as as well as the Institute of Museum and Library Services. Yeah, absolutely. Which we've talked about what what they are doing to our communities as well. And notice it says, and any others that are deemed as partners that the government thinks needs to be partners. Okay, just wanted to point out how many federal agencies, and of those, which one is constitutional. Not a one of them. Not a one of them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. On pages 2109 and 10, you're going to see again, the states are going to be pitted against each other through digital equity competitive grants. U.S. Department of Education, again, is going to be included in this as well as ag, HUD, labor, vets, uh, health and human services, your justice, Uh, excuse me, it's the interior, the FCC and the uh, Small Business Administration. Now, it's interesting when you look at who they say are eligible for these grants, because on page 2111, it will tell you they're also looking for political subdivisions to give grants to. All right, you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Okay, political subdivisions. All right. So in other words, what's going to happen is instead of us treating Americans as free thinking citizens, we're going to now pit them against each other according to their politics. All right. And in that, what do we have here? We've got a couple of things. We've got uh, an Indian tribe, Mm -hmm. um, an Alaska Native entity or a Native Hawaiian organization, a foundation, corporation, institution, or association that is a not-for-profit entity and not mm-hmm. a school, a community anchor institution. We talked about that a little bit ago. Yep. Local education agency, an entity that carries out a workforce development program, a partnership between any of the entities described in paragraphs. You know, Lynn, when I'm reading through all of this, I'm kind of reminded – of what one of our forefathers said, and that was, you know, you're going to have this republic, as it were, until mm-hmm. the people decide, uh, figure out that they can vote themselves money from the public treasury. Isn't this exactly what we're seeing going on? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it is. Now, um, <clears throat> you're absolutely right. Excuse me, I think I have something in my throat. <laughs> okay, on page 2132, Tim, this begins our Title Four. And this is enabling middle mile broadband infrastructure. Okay. This will include your schools and libraries among the anchors, which we've talked about. It's also going to put them under the jurisdiction of the Federal Trade Commission. Um, On page 2166, it will tell you that your personal uh, identifiable information will be uh, collected and used as guidance 
especially through the Department of Education. And if you'll remember, we talked before about the data linkage between ed and labor. The student longitudinal data system married to the workforce quality data initiative to create that cradle to grave system, but it also includes into the gutted FERPA, which is the Family Education Right to Privacy Act, as well as your HIPAA, which is your health insurance privacy, uh, supposedly. Those were gutted, so they're using gutted uh, laws to say, oh yeah, you're, you're going to be protected. BS and horse hockey, you're not. <sighs> anyway, uh, let's continue on. On page 2372, this will uh, begin Title XI, which is your clean school buses and ferries. Now, under this, it will, it will define what is a high-need local education agency, and it will also use part of the Every Student Succeeds Act under Section 8101 and Section 1124C. So what I wanted to point out here is, again, this is not letting you locally control what goes on as much as it it says it's going to, because if you look at the bottom line, it says as deemed or designated by the U.S. Secretary of Education. And I'm going to tell you, the U.S. Secretary of Education is a federal person, not a local person. Lynn, it just kind of struck me. Have you Mm -hmm. gone back and... Like seen there, there is no way any representative in Washington wrote this bill. It's it's almost right. three thousand pages. Is right. there any way to know who actually wrote this so that we can begin targeting those institutions and exposing them for what they're doing here against the American people? Start with your unions. Now, which one specifically? I don't know, but I would start there. I'd also start with the corporate. Uh, privatization, because that's exactly what this is going to do. This is precisely what we've been saying for years, was that education was going to be ripped out of the public's hands and put into the private entities. And this is precisely what it will do. So look at Business Roundtable. Okay, they have backed the Common Core state standards since they began. Look at your companies who are here in America, but are invested into the United Nations. Look there. Um, I really wish I could tell you precisely which person or group put this together, but we know it wasn't politicians. We know they rubber stamped it, but it wasn't politicians. Okay. It really, really wasn't. Um, let's see here on page 2599, Tim, this will be title seven. This is where you're going to see funds for labor, education, and health and human services, as well as any related agency. Now, that particular amount of money will be $500 million to be split between those agencies. On page 2600, this is Title Eight. you will see that the U.S. Department of Transportation, HUD, and all related agencies will also get some money. You want to guess how much theirs is? It's $12.5 billion dollars. Ah, this is, let me me make a point here. This is what we get when we keep playing the red, blue, blue game with them, red and blue checkers that, that will, 
we're going to switch to the blue guys this year, and then next year we're going to switch to the red guys, and then some people just stick with the red and blue the whole time. This is what you're getting, and you've been getting it for over 170 years, people. Haven't you figured it out yet? They are mm-hmm. both in on it. They're both in yep. on it. We've got to bring justice against these people who are stealing our money, stealing our children's future, which is what it is, because the Bible says mm-hmm. that a righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children. They're stealing it from them. We're sitting back and saying, no big deal. A kid's got to learn, and we got to have infrastructure, and we got to have this. Yeah, but not this way. This yeah. is illegal. It is unconstitutional. It is criminal. Again, I state that any politician who is for these kinds of things is a criminal against the people. I don't care if you like them. I don't care if they look nice. I don't care if they speak nice. I don't care if they did some nice things. If they're doing this, they're committing crimes against the people, us, and our children. Right. Absolutely. Well, the last part that I want us to go over, and this is also very big, is going to be uh, page 2681. This is for your minority business development. This is known as Division K in this particular uh, bill. This will use your community-based organizations from the Every Student Succeeds Act and include higher education. And basically what this particular part of the the bill does, Tim, is it says, okay, if you're a minority owned business, here's how we're going to align you to everything that we've set out before that's been in this particular bill that we've brought up. So it's not just going to be for majority people or big business. It's going to be for small business. But notice it's going to use the Every Student Succeeds Act. And we know that on page 17, it said that all education had to be aligned to the same post-secondary workforce readiness standards as laid out in the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. So this is where your minority businesses are going to be set up to be aligned to that as well. It's going to absolutely use what's known as a hub zone. And what a hub zone is, is a historically underused business zone. Now, according to the federal government, and I got this off the SBA.gov website, Tim, any Fed zone, excuse me, any federal dollar that is put in a hub zone, 3% or more has to be given to prime contracts in these hub zones to certified businesses and certified by the government so that they can help groom the economy, okay? Uh, How you get to be recognized as a hub zone, you have a 25% or less poverty rate. And if you go to the map at the Small Business Government Association for this particular program, you will see that almost the entire United States is one giant hub zone of some sort. Now, this will also tie into page 2712, and this is where your educational development relating to management and entrepreneurship begins. This is going to mess with your local economy your social economy, your social status, because it's going to use education and streamline it for business management. Page 2713 will prove what I've been saying about the apprenticeships that are available to all education choices, including homeschooling, because this is where apprenticeships, pre-apprenticeships, which are now being featured in elementary and middle school, 
scholarships. It will target minority-based populations as well as minority-served institutions. So that's what's in the infrastructure bill that no one else is telling you about. Yeah, you know, I and I apologize for the viewing audience because I know the cursor is flying around Lynn's head. It's I don't know why what the the streamer picks up just the, it's supposed to pick up the zoom, but it picks up when my cursor goes in front of it. So I apologize for that. <laughs> but I but I did go over here to where the bill is just to kind of give yeah. people a flavor of of who's supporting it. Um, mm-hmm. It's put forth by Democrats. There's no question about that. It's right. uh, it's um it's co-sponsored by Democrats. All of them are Democrats. Okay. And again, I'm not playing the Democrat-Republican thing, but I just want people to see this was uh, in the House. Here's those 219 of the Democrats who voted yes, uh, 201 of the Republicans who voted no, two voted for it. Uh, I guess we'd have to find out exactly who that would be. There's and a you list. can do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a list right here. So I'll have these links here that you can check it and you can see. And then mm-hmm. over in the Senate, the same thing, 69 yeas, 30 uh, no's, and one not voting. I don't know who that person was. But mm-hmm. uh, you can see who they are, okay, as to, to what this is. Guys, I mean, this is deception at its finest. Either they are not paying attention or they're just going along with it and they're being the controlled opposition. The Republicans are, as far as I'm concerned, are, are well, being that. Watch- and you say, well, they voted against it. Yes, they did. But how many of them are telling you why they're not voting against it and specifically these unconstitutional things that Lynn has brought out? I mean, how many of them have brought that to the American people or the, to the states they represent? Let me change that. Uh, forget the American people. How many of them have brought it to the states they represent because that's really how we ought to be l- – creating our language is they are representatives of the states mm-hmm. not representatives of all of america they're representatives of the states they answer to the people in that state how many of them have told their people has your representative if you're listening right now has your representative or senator let you know this stuff that lynn is talking about is in this bill i'll, I'll guarantee you the majority of them have not because they don't even know it's in there because they haven't read it That's lynn right. we got about a minute here you got any final okay. thoughts and then tell people where they can find out more about you Okay, just wanted to point out, in the uh, archives, you're going to find resources. Infrastructure's risk of alignment will also use our food. That article will be in there. The local angles of alignment that are already playing out, two articles there. And then finally, Congress's stupidity for workforce-based education will also be there, as well as a link to last week's show. You can find more uh, more on my blog, commoncordiva.com. If you wish to financially bless any of the work that I do for you, there's a donate button there. If not, we certainly need all the prayer that we can get. You can find me on local uh, activist.org, which is part of Citizens for Free Speech. You can find me on Breaking News Journal, available on Roku and Amazon. You can find me here on Sons of Liberty. You can find me on the Liberty Bells on BitChute. You can also find me on uh, Facebook and Twitter and uh, MeWe and USA.life. Okay. All right. You're all over the place and we're glad that you're out there, Lynn, doing your thing. Thank you. And uh, we appreciate you as always uh, and the information you bring to us because Folks, you're probably not going to hear this. The things that Lynn talks about, you're not going to hear it anywhere. Literally, you're not going to hear it anywhere. Have a great day. Catch Bradley, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com, also on beforeitsnews.com, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. And, uh, hey, we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m., Lord willing. Till then, see you.